morning, everybody. Can we just uh, take a moment if you'd put your fork down and just give a round of applause to the group that made everything possible today? Yeah, they just did a fabulous job. And just know, anytime if you, you know, now that uh, kind of everybody's gone through, if you want, if, if you want second breakfast or third breakfast, you just can kind of move your way back in there. Uh, we, we, we thought we would just do things to where we sing some Christmas carols at the end together. And, uh, but until then, you can be sipping on coffee or munching on a grape, whatever in the meantime. And, uh, and so I'll just talk a few moments this morning about uh, uh, something that's uh, near and dear to my heart. I, I like that blessing, by the way. I just think that's a powerful blessing. And it really comes out of a, uh, a Jewish culture that believed everything, everything that we're blessed with, including the breath in our lungs, comes from God. And we live in such an affluent culture that it's easy to think that our blessings come from other places. But actually, it comes from God himself. And I want to talk a little bit about this endless generosity of our God, the gift that keeps on giving. And as I, as I was kind of pondering this, my mind went back to when I was a little rich and some of my favorite gifts. Do you, did you have favorite gifts that you got when you were a kid? Uh, probably different gifts based on different generations and when you were, when you were a child and what you hoped for and, and what you got underneath the tree. You know, I, for me, I, I remember one in particular where I wanted a a helicopter that flew, and the best they could do in that, uh, in that area, I'm not going to tell you the decade, uh, it, it would lift off the ground, and it would go around, and so it would go up and down and just around, held on by a little, uh, uh, little piece of metal. Uh, and then, of course, always, since I mean, I, since the earliest memory, I've always loved football, so I wanted the, uh, the full uh, vibrating football field where you had 22 guys on there and you'd set them up against each other and you turn that thing on, it'd start vibrating and no one went where they were supposed to because that's just the way it worked. And then as I got a little older, you know, then, then technology started to come into play and I was able to get a Glico football handheld video game. I mean, I mean it was so um, modern for the day. It had a little dot that would go across up and down, and you could actually make a pass and do a run. How many know, remember those? You see, I got people, some people remember what that was. That, that was. But here's the thing. I have none of them today. And do you have any of your gifts that you got when you were a kid, your favorite gifts? No, because really gifts as a whole have a shelf life to them. Uh, and so we don't really think a whole lot about them after they're gone. Uh, and they're certainly earthly gifts. They're intended to be enjoyed for a time, but at some point they're going to become a memory. If, if you are much of a, a movie person, you may remember the movie Christmas Vacation. And uh, in that movie, you had uh, Clark Griswold, who had pretty big hopes of a big Christmas bonus. Uh, but do you remember what he got instead? What he got instead was Jam of the Month Club. And of course, his cousin-in-law, who had a much larger heart than brain... He gave the, the, these immortal words to Clark as he's, he's turning the whole thing positive as Clark is incredibly disappointed. He says, yep, but the Jelly of the Month Club is the gift that keeps on giving, right? And here's the reality, though. There's really only one gift that keeps on giving, and that's Jesus. 
And, and our connect today is just simply this, is that the gift is the giver. And this Christmas, I want you to really understand that the gift is the giver. It's not what you get, it's who you get. Now, we don't particularly think of a person as a gift, but actually, interpersonal relationships are the most valued and cherished gifts of all. And so the receiving of Jesus is absolutely the best gift that we could receive. There was a story of a six-year-old boy whose dad traveled quite often, and uh, coming back from a Southeast Asia trip, he uh, opens the front door, and the little six-year-old boy didn't say, what did you get me? He just ran and gave him a hug. And I think that's just a great picture of the gift that we have in Jesus Christ. And when we think about Christmas and we move into the Christmas season, Christmas is infinitely more than even the wonder of angels proclaiming or the splendor of the star or even the visitation of the shepherds. It's much more than even the worship offered by the wise men. Christmas really celebrates the staggering fact that the love of God moved him to design and execute something incomprehensible. The creator would enter his own creation. Therein lies the greatest blessing ever received. That God himself would become a human being. And so what does he do? He doesn't come like like the old show of Mark and Mindy where he comes fully grown. He comes as a baby. Because the reality is, is even with what this last generation did with clowns making them all horrific, babies are not terrifying. Babies are something that's approachable. Babies are something that people are, are open to receiving. Now, we don't know what Jesus looked like when he was a baby. I suspect he was like every other baby and looked like a little Winston Churchill. But regardless of what he looked like, he was a gift. We find in John chapter 1, in the first five verses and then in verse 14, it says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Then in verse 14 it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen the glory, or seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. One of the things that, that's just so interesting to me about Christmas time is again how it illustrates that that over two thousand years ago we still celebrate the fact that God came into our world. But here's the lesson for us today. 
he came into our world, but he wants to come into your world. He wants to come into my world. Which is kind of a, as, is kind of a hard thing to fathom for us because the, the scripture says, in the beginning was the word. And the implication is, is that everything that is made, everything that we can see and everything that we've, uh, we can uh, um, not see was made by him. It's, it's hard for this pea brain to wrap my mind around a majestic, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God reducing himself down to his own creation. That's hard to understand. It's, it's actually incomprehensible. But he did that because he wants to come into your world. He wants to come into my world. And so I'll take a few minutes and just kind of look at some areas that really uh, help us to grow and help us to understand this love that comes into our world. And there, there's the gift of understanding that keeps on giving. There's, of course, the gift of, of uh, victory keeps on giving. There's the gift of salvation keeps on giving. But let's start with the gift of understanding. Because when you, when you understand that, that, that he gives us this gift of understanding, the reason he came and the reason he came as a baby and the reason he walked amongst us and lived is so that we might know him and who God is. Because this world, it gives all these, these false perceptions of who God is. But when we understand that Jesus is God, then we grow in our understanding. Now, there's a great challenge to this when it, when it comes to God and human flesh. As it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Is that the fact that He is behind everything. The fact that He has created everything. People struggle with the fact that He confined Himself to this creation. What do I mean by that? He narrowed Himself down for us. To a human being. People struggle with that. You might struggle with that. How did he do it? Well, we don't really know. It's actually called the incarnation. And the incarnation is, just simply means God in, as a human or God in human flesh. But while we struggle with these things that are beyond our comprehension, the, the majesty and the beauty and the, and the incredibleness of the God who narrowed himself down and confined himself into a baby, at the very basic belief, we all come to a, hopefully an understanding that there is a God who is bigger and better and smarter and more powerful than I am. Or that you are. And when you, when you narrow it down, you just go, well, I can believe that. I can understand it. All of a sudden, you don't need to know the how. You just understand that it is. And so God, in his infinite wisdom and in his infinite ability, said, I'm going to come into my creation and I'm going to confine myself to a baby. And why did he do that? Why did he come do that? He did that so that at the, at the very first and most important level, we would begin to understand his love. There's a story of a, a farmer that lived north of Minneapolis, St. Paul. 
And uh, the farmer himself was not a believer. His wife and his daughter were believers, but he, he wasn't a mean man. He wasn't, he wasn't a, a, a drunk that would get angry and beat up when, when he would drink. He, was just, he just was not a believer. He couldn't understand God confining himself as a human. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't imagine a God who would do such a thing. And so when it came to Christmas Eve and they were preparing to go to the Christmas Eve service, the daughter thought, well, maybe daddy will come just because it's Christmas. And she goes and she asks her father if, she would, if he would go to church with her on that Christmas Eve. And, and he says, no, honey, I, I, just, I just can't get myself to believe that. And, and it's, it's not bad that you do, but I can't. And he put his hand on her shoulder and says, why don't you and your mom still go? And while they were sitting in the living room in front of the fire, mom didn't really show her disappointment. The daughter showed a little disappointment. But ultimately, they left and, and they went to church. And so the farmer sat there in the living room, gazing into the fire, wondering why they would go and celebrate the coming of God as a baby. And as he sat there and he was gazing into the fire, he heard a noise. He heard a bang. And he heard another bang. And he turned around and, and he looked outside and he saw a couple of birds trying to get into the window. You can assume that they were trying to get to the warmth, getting out of the, the North Minnesota cold. And of course, he's not a, he's not a cruel man. And so he, he decides that he's going to go out and help the birds. And so he, he gets on his, his, his jacket and his hat and his boots. And he goes outside and he goes to the barn and he opens the, the big barn door. And he turns the light on in the barn. And he's thinking, well, all the birds need to do is see the light and they'll go into the barn. And they don't go into the barn. So he, he goes, well, I'll just go, I'll go try to catch them and, and either set them in there or I'll shoo them in there. And, and every time he would approach the birds, they would fly away. Then he'd back off and they'd come right back towards that window. And everything he tried failed. And so he went back to the barn and he turned the light off and he shut the door. He walks back towards the house and at that moment, the light shined into his heart. Because he thought, man, if I was a bird, I could have gone as a bird and talked to them as a bird. And they would have followed me as a bird into the barn. See, it's hard for us to understand that the greatest gift that was ever given was the great God of heaven bringing himself down and confining himself in a baby. But he did that so that we would ultimately be able to see his life, watch how he interacted with people, and watch how he would uh, do different things, and then ultimately go to the cross on our behalf. And so when we wonder, if you wonder, whether you've been a, a, a follower of Jesus for 50 years, or you've yet, not yet exchanged your life for Jesus' life, you can, you can look at the life of Jesus and see how he, how he interacted with children, and understanding comes. You can look at the way he, he interacted with the, the woman uh, that was caught in adultery, and you can begin to get an understanding of the love of God. You can look at the way he interacted with a leper, and you can see and understand his love. And the beautiful thing about the, the gift being the giver is that that understanding is not just the thing that we take a test and we're done and we pass on and the gift becomes a memory. No, that understanding goes on and on and on 
and on. But not only is it the gift of, of understanding, there's a gift of victory. Because when, when Jesus came, he came as light in darkness. Because darkness had taken over. It had taken over the world, and it had taken over our world. Remember, he entered the world, but he wants to enter our world. And what we have to understand is that when it comes to sin, sin always gives up ground. It always takes. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and because of sin, the ground that was given up was the Garden of Eden. They, they, because of sin, they lost relationship. Relationship with God and then the relationship with each other. There was a loss of joy. There was a loss of contentment. There was a, there was a loss of an ability to go and have dominion. There was a loss of, of being able to be successful in the things that were, uh, they laid their hands on. But Jesus came into that darkness to retake ground. What sin took, Jesus replaces. And so, Jesus is in the business of taking back ground. And so, when we, when we grow in this understanding, and we receive the gift of his victory, because ultimately, he's the one who showed us how to have victory, and it's not our victory that we live in, it's his victory. And so, we receive, and we receive, and we receive. And where there's one level of victory here, then we come to another level of victory. He's always teaching us, and he's always winning for us. But then there's the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation, if you think it's just a matter of, now I have salvation and I put it in my back pocket and it's done, you're missing out on an incredible, never-ending, incredible generosity of God to save time and time and time again. Because what is, what is ultimately the gift of salvation bring, it brings a rescue and it brings a release. Because we can't save ourselves. I don't know how many of you have tried. I know I tried. But the fact of the matter is, is that, that our conscience, our understanding even of ourselves when we look ourselves in the mirror is that we are all sinners who need a savior. And so sin is, and some of you got to get this here, sin is not just a fact of life it becomes a force of life. And that force, he was victorious over and saves us from. That force, he was victorious over and saves us from. And so we just need to, we need to step into that. Big part of that, that victory for us comes when we choose to exchange our life for his life. Now, this starts at the, at the very beginning when we understand his love. We understand that, that he brings the victory over death and the grave and that we can have a future and we can have a hope that we don't have to strive for that he already did. And then we, we, we receive the gift of salvation. And now we then exchange our life for his life because he lived the life that we could never live so that we could live the life we could never live. So the principle in this is, 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 is true whether you're doing it for the first time or you find yourself in a place in life where you're going, I need rescue. 
I, I, sin has come and captivated something or sin has ground. Well, that's where we come back to the gift of salvation and know that that's been released. Not in our own ability, not in what we can do, but on what Jesus has already done. So let me wrap it up with these, these last three because this is just a principle that we do over and over and over and over again. And it's, it's just simply that, that we, um, as a people, we need to receive the gift and then we need to respond to the gift and then we recycle the gift. We receive the gift, we respond to the gift, and then we recycle the gift. So the gift of understanding, we receive a new understanding of God's love. So whether you are, you are just a, a year in your junior high or high school years, or you are, you are just starting out in life, or you're, you're mar- newly married, or you've been married 50 years or 60 years, or whatever it might be, God is still giving an understanding of his love in your season of life. The gift of victory is, is the fact is now we, we need to receive his victory and quit trying to get our own. Okay, so I, 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 this, is, I, this is the depths of my heart here, okay? The Cowboys have a Super Bowl caliber team. I couldn't get one amen? Come on. Yeah, I figured you'd amen that over some of stuff. They really do. They're really, really good. But here's the thing. If they win the Super Bowl, big if, right? Because, you know, CeeDee Lamb could have a catch that's not counted as a catch and kick him out of the playoffs, right? See, I follow the Cowboys a little bit too. It's a big if, but let's say they do. How many here are going to get a Super Bowl ring? Oh, wait a minute. How many here are going to be, and I guarantee you, a bigger parade than the Rangers were in? And you're going to be going down the aisle with them, the the road with them. No, not going to happen. We celebrate their victory with them. But with Jesus, we get the ring. With Jesus, we're in the parade. With Jesus, we receive. So you you have to receive, you have to receive that. So if you're living a life that is going from, from one, you know, one kind of defeat to another to defeat, you have to receive Jesus' victory. And in that, it, 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 this, is, this is all together, you also have to, you have to receive his life. There are always points in, in, in the particular places where Clarissa and I will be praying for our kids where we recognize that, that, our, that our children, are, they're, they're up against a wall. And, and they, they need salvation from their circumstance. doesn't mean they need salvation for heaven, but they need salvation from their circumstance. And so there, there comes a moment where there has to be a receiving, even after we've been a Christian a while, after we've been walking with the Lord, that we have to receive his life in exchange for our life. Because the enemy is always trying to pull. And so when we receive that, there's a response to it. It's, it's never just, I, I receive. No, there's always a respond to it. When you first understand God's love and you, and you step into his victory and you receive the, the gift of salvation, the response, the Bible says, is we confess that. We open up our mouth and we admit that there's this life exchange. In fact, it's illustrated in water baptism as we are dying to the old way of life and we come up to the new way of life. Our lives have now been exchanged. So we we admit that, we confess that, we step into this this, uh, waters of baptism because it actually, watch this, someone someone needs to get this, it goes from our mouth to our feet. It goes from our mouth to our feet. Because when you receive a gift, 
You don't just walk around with it. You don't just, just hold on to it. And so, so you say, yeah, that's mine, that's mine. No, now you, you begin to say, no, I'm going to put my feet to it. And so as we begin to respond, this is where, to me, this is where the exchange always happens, where now the Lord is saying, yes, you used to do it this way, but you've received the gift. Now I want you to say, that's not the way I'm going to do it in the future. I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to exchange my life for your life. I think that when you talk about maturity in the Lord and, and there's this, this growth that happens, it's in the receiving of the gift of Jesus coming into our world that has, is never intended to stop. It's never intended to stop. As long as you're a follower of Jesus with breath in your mouth, he really wants us to, to receive, respond, but then maturity comes because now we recycle it. Now we begin to talk about the Jesus that came into our world, not just the first time, not just when we had that, that original, I'm exchanging my life to your life in the water baptism. That's a great place to get started, but the key word is started. Because throughout life, there are moments where we find ourselves in a place of needing to understand his love more so that we can walk in a place of victory and find salvation. And when we do that, that story has been intended to recycle towards others. Because it's your experiences. It's, it's your moments of Jesus coming into your world at that moment that you can help others to understand his love. And know that there is victory in the giver. And know that there is salvation in the giver. One of the things that I believe stunts Christians is their unwillingness to recycle what God has done in them. And so for some, I, I, we, we did, a, did a variation of a game where uh, the, the gift exchange, white elephant game, where the gift was not for you. You actually got somebody else's name and that's who you were fighting for. And, and to me, that's a good illustration of the way Christianity is from the, the world. Every other, every, other Christian, every other exchange gift has to do with what you can get. But that one had everything to do with what you can give. And the stories that God has written into the, the, the timeline of your life are intended to be recycled. And the scripture says when we are faithful with little, he'll make us faithful with much. And so if you find that you have, have kind of just stopped in that, in that receiving of gifts, well, this Christmas season, come back to the Lord and say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to receive you fresh. Not what you can give me, but you. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you for coming as a baby. And Lord, I thank you that you did that because, Lord, there are all people all over the world here in this room, people who are watching online, that they struggle with the Almighty God, but you, you whittled yourself down and confined yourself to the very smallest, most approachable part of humanity that there is. And so, Lord, we, we choose to receive that gift. And I pray everyone will choose to receive that gift because, Lord, there's no better life than your life. And you did it for us to understand the great and wonderful love that is you. And so we just want to receive that. We want to say yes and amen to everything that you have. Lord, we want to respond to the things that you've given us. And then Lord, help us to recycle it. Help us to retell the story of the wonderful love of Christ 
in the various moments of our life so that, Lord, we can give not just the gift, but the giver who is the gift in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.